Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Yo, what up? Welcome to another installment of It's the Ronnie Ray Show. I'm comedian Ronnie Ray. This is where I bring you the segments. I got off my chest. I got remember the classic. I got random lists. I got, I'm a SAG actor. And I got shout out. Special shout out, man. That's always in the show now. So, yo, we're starting off with this segment. Yo, off my chest. Let's start it now. I'm a little pissed at this one. I've normally been chill on stuff, but I'm a little mad, man. I'm getting tired of the Jordan hate. What is with the Jordan hate? What is with the Jordan hate with some of these guys, man? Every morning when I watch, I'm just trying to watch the NBA scores for the night before and all that stuff, or whoever, like, or they showing some football player, Tom Brady is back from retirement again type shit. Every day. Michael Jordan is in the news. This dude has not played basketball in 20 damn years. Why are you still talking about this guy every day? And the hate just continues. I can understand if he was playing, if you hating him from back in the day when he was playing. I can understand that because a lot of teams, you know, pissed a lot of franchises off like, like, like Portland, like the Knicks, the Cavs, Supersonics. They ain't even in Seattle no more. The Jazz. Uh, who, 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 uh, the Pacers, the Heat, the Suns, there's so many teams. Michael has ruined their lives. But yo, I can understand the people back then. But today, 20 years after he's gone, why does it matter? Let's start with the number one hate. Let's start with some haters. Nick Wright, I don't know what your problem is. I have no clue who this guy. He doesn't even look like he can even play basketball. Why are you talking so much? He's supposed to be so much of a LeBron lover. It's ridiculous. Um, watching Nick Wright talk about Jordan, it seems like he's only knowing with Michael since he started uh, winning championships. You know what I'm saying? Mike had to struggle like everybody else. Everybody else other than like Magic or whatever. Magic came in winning championships. But Mike had to struggle. He had to fight through his. And that's why we love Mike because he had to go through, the, go through the madness. But I don't understand why Nick... I think I think he asked Michael Jack, Michael Jordan for an autograph and and Michael slapped shit out of him. That's what happened. I think he slapped shit out of you, Nick, and that's why you so fucking pissed. But then you gonna be so much of a LeBron James fan. You gonna be like the number one LeBron James fan. And I was watching your show the other day, and the Lakers had lost again, and you said it was over. You said it was over. He's the. It's not over as long as you got the goat there. The season got like ten more damn, fifteen more games left, and you saying it's over? We don't want you as a fan because you ain't loyal. Why you picking this guy up? You can't stand behind him when they're losing. I can't stand fair weather fans. You saw that video. I can't stand y'all ass. So Nick Wright is trash. I said Nick Wright. <laughs> Chris. Nick Wright. I'm sorry. I called you Chris. I don't fuck the name. Fuck it. You ain't shit anyway. Um, Nick Wright is trash. Another one. Shannon Sharp. God damn it, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp, I like Shannon Sharp too. Shannon Sharp be, be, be entertaining in the morning. You know what I'm saying? He got, he got the black and mild and he got the Hennessy. He like 100% black dude, man. You know what I'm saying? He got all, all the stereotypes on the thing. You know what I'm saying? But Shannon Sharp, God damn it, man, I don't know what Mike did to you because you was around. Like, Nick Wright at least is like 30, so he wasn't around when Mike was, was killing the NBA. 
I think Mike took your girlfriend. I think Michael Jordan took the goddamn woman at a party. He, you came in, you know, fly with your little money back in the day, and you walked in, you went to the bathroom, old girl rode off with Mike in a Rolls Royce. That's what happened. That's why you can never get Mike's props, because your favorite players always Larry Bird, Kobe, and now LeBron. I don't know if that's what Skip Bayless pays you to be like, hey, hey, man, I just need you to really hate Michael Jordan. But I like Shannon Sharp, man, so I can't really be mad at him. But the number one hater of all, Michael Jordan of all time, God, man, man, I, it hurts because he's from Chicago. He's from Chicago. I used to play basketball. I used to pattern my game at the, my man Zeke. Because Zeke used to, Zeke was the little dude. You know what I'm saying? You had to watch the little dude. He's from Chicago. I'm like, oh, Zeke is dope. Then he won an all-star game MVP. Dope. Favorite player in the game at the time. Michael Jordan comes to town. Comes to his hometown. Isaiah Thomas. He comes to Isaiah Thomas' hometown. And snatches it. Isaiah Thomas was like, ah, he'll never win. So Isaiah Thomas now used to whoop on the Bulls all the time. But Mike, was, Mike scored like 50, 60 points on these dudes. So he wasn't scared of them. He wasn't scared of them at all. And I remember, and I remember the year 1988. 1988, I was watching the charity game. Push It Sale Classic, hosted by Jesse Jackson in the Chicago Stadium. Michael Jordan and Dominique and Mark Jackson on the same team. The Isaiah and uh, Mark Aguirre and all these guys are on the other team. And this is Isaiah's town. And I think that day is when he realized this ain't his city no more. Mike's over this city. So I'm saying this to say I kind of understand the hate with Isaiah. I'm going to run it down again. 85, Isaiah shut him, tried to shut Mike out. 88, Mike in that charity game. He won the last shot. He had like three three-pointers at the end of that game. It was like 207, 208, some shit. Then I'm like, okay, he can't stand Mike. And then I seen him on uh, I seen him on um Arsenio. He's on Arsenio. And Arsenio said, let me say some names and you say the first thing you think about. In terms of his quickness, his strength, his jumping ability, his touch, and also his knowledge and understanding for the game. He he by far uh you know, is the best I've ever seen. Um, and, and, and Irvin's my boy, mm -hmm. but, you know, air. Yeah. There's <laughs> something else. Yeah. Ah. He real sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the dude, you see what he be doing? Yeah. 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 And it ain't like we in high school. So then I'm watching it. I'm like, okay, they cool. They gonna be cool, right? So then they in the playoffs. Mike smoking their ass. First two games, the first two, three games, they said Isaiah went to the late front, sat there, and chilled out for the whole night. Didn't know what to do. Called Joe Dumas that night, that next morning. I know how we can stop him. We're going to beat the shit out of him. No, but he did. They beat the crap out of Mike. They beat the crap out of Michael Jordan. Next season, they couldn't do it. So they like, I know what we can do. We're going to beat the shit out of Scotty Pippen. We're going to beat the shit out of Scotty Pippen. That next year, that bullying shit ain't working no more. Y'all got y'all asses handed to you. Four games in a row. Then you hear him now talking about, uh, my hand was hurt. And we, no, you made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. There's no excuse. We know from your ass, from the fucking um, NBA Finals back in 88, you playing with a broke leg. One of the best performances I've ever seen. And you complaining because your hand was hurt? I don't believe you. Y'all lost. Take that L, and then y'all took it badly until y'all walked off the court. Didn't even shake nobody's hand talking about, well, that's how they were supposed to do. No, it wasn't. Because no, when they won, when y'all beat them, y'all was shaking their damn hand. 
I think that rubbed. And then what tops it off? What tops it off? What tops it off? No, no, two things. That same year he walked past Mike, Dream Team. Isaiah ain't on it. You know why? Because he walked past Mike. Attitude is everything, my friend. And you know that's a mistake. You were young. I know you can't stand him now because you didn't make the Olympic team because you know he had something to do with that. Mike can say whatever he wants to. He said, I had nothing to do with that. I'm quite sure he's like, yo, I'll play if that nigga ain't on the team. Excuse my language, but that <laughs> if I'll play if Isaiah ain't on the team. And Isaiah should be on the team. Isaiah's coach was the coach of that team. Why he wasn't on the team? He was one of the best point guards of all time. He wasn't on the team because your attitude was jacked towards Mike. And to turn the knife on the whole thing. You had to sit there and watch Michael Jordan in the finals in 98 hit the last shot against Utah. And now, from, the, <laughs> from that video of Arsenio, your favorite player changed like three times. You said the best player ever is Magic Johnson. The best player ever. Then another the best player ever is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. The best player ever is uh, LeBron James. And he said LeBron James would be the best player ever when he passed Kareem. I don't think so. He said championships don't mean shit. Just admit it, man. You don't like Mike. You are the biggest Michael Jordan hater ever. And we love you in Chicago, bro. But it's hard to do it because you ain't being true to yourself. He came to your town and took your fans, took your city. Your nephews are wearing the shoes. Come on, I said. Come on, Shannon Sharp. Come on, Nick Wright or Chris Wright. Whatever the fuck your name is, man. He ain't played in 20 years. Why is he still talking about him? You know why? Because he's the greatest of all time. Next up. This segment here, this segment right here, man, is remember the classics. Oh, man, I'm about to lose everybody that's watching this. I'm about to lose y'all ass right now. Remember the classics. This movie back in 1974, I think, is probably the first real hood movie about teenagers ever. The movie is called Education of Sonny Carson. The Education of Sonny Carson. People ask me why I really... I ain't never joined the game. I saw this movie, and I'm like, no, we ain't doing this shit. They showed this movie to everybody. I don't think a lot of people have been doing shit. Oh, my God. Oh, it was low budget, 1974, starring my man, what's his name? Ronnie Clayton. Ronnie Clayton plays Sonny Carson. Ronnie Clayton is from Juice. He's the um, cop that walked up to Tupac, and Tupac was like, Raheem is dead, somebody shot him. He's the one next to him. He was the one that picked up Tupac and took him to jail. This movie was about... Coming to age story, young kid, poor, New York, got caught stealing at the top of the movie, goes to jail, comes out, joins a gang called the Lords. And joins a gang called the Lord, and then he cut to four years later when he's older, and now he's the warlord of the Lords. You watch the movie, and you get to see his times and tribulations are going through his time, and he with his gang, and they going through shit. In the midst of that, they get into a fight with the rival gang, the Hawks, and they get into a fight, and his friend get killed. Yo, I'm sorry um, to tell you that, but if you ain't seen it, so fucking what? Then you get to see him go through this shit. He wound up doing some shit for his friend, wind up going to jail for something, gets out years later, discover his neighborhood is not the same. His friends are all fucked up on drugs and shit. It's a classic movie. There's some great acting in there. My man Ronnie 
took a beating by the cops and I thought, hey man, if that shit wasn't real, I don't know what was. Now, I know they had no special effects back in 74, but damn, he beat the crap out of Ronnie. He beat the crap out of Sonny Carson's ass. But it made you feel. That movie made me feel. And my favorite character? No, favorite scene, first of all. Favorite scene is the old milk. Top of the movie. Now you probably heard this part. If you a fan of Wu-Tang, you heard this part on Goldface. <laughs> what you doing on our turf, punk? Got a message for smoke. Give it. You smoking, man? Nah. Well, you ain't smoking. This ain't your motherfucking message. That's where Sonny Carson is. He talked that shit like, kiss my ass, motherfucker. Burn him. Kiss my ass, motherfucker. Burn him. Just me and you, motherfucker. Just me and you. I put trademarks around your fucking eyes. They looked at him like, damn. All right, all right, you want to be a lawyer. You got to go to the old mill. They went to the old mill. The old mill is like, it's like 50 dudes on each side. And they got bats. They got sticks. They got chains, they got rocks. And you gotta run through that. I was like, yo, <laughs> this is crazy. I ain't never seen nothing that real in my life. I was like, yo, this is cool. And that was supposed to, it was made in 74, but it came out, it was supposed to be based from the 50s. I was like, shit, made me think about life, man. But my favorite character is the guy Wolf, the leader of the gang of the Hawks. You heard him, you heard him talk on the Ghostface album and Common sense this towards um Ice Cube. I got to take him off here. That's right. Gotta take him off here. Cause there's only one and that's me. Fuck all that fighting. They think he good. They think he can whoop me. And I don't know he can't whoop. Hey boy. That whole, his whole style is chunk. Come on. That's hard. That's hard man. Come on man. You gotta watch that. I think it's on YouTube. So you can cut my shit off. I got the view already. If you're watching it. Cut it off. Type in Sonny Carson. Bam. First hood movie ever. Highly recommended. I say watch it, man. You hear them all on samples. You'll you hear, you'll listen, you'll watch it, and you'll you hear the samples from so many rap songs, man. It is a classic film. Underrated, man. Remember the classics. Education of Sonny Carson, 1974. Check it out. Highly recommended. Yes! It's time for the random list. The random list! Come on, man. Today's random list. It was inspired by the whack-ass dunk contest. I'm like, man, some of these guys are dunking games, but they can't dunk in the contest. So I'm like, damn, who's the best dunker in games of all time? So let's go with that. Ten of my favorite game dunkers of all time. Random list, ten of my favorite game dunkers of all time. So we starting off with number ten. Number ten, The Blake Show. Yeah, the Blake Show. I was there when Blake, I was in L.A. when Blake came in and we had some Clipper tickets. We saw it. Right, first hand, right in front of us, man. Blake Griffin, spinning on people, dunking on people. Wasn't even hitting the rim, just dunking on people. Then he got in the dunk contest, dunking over a car, which I thought was okay, but, um, yeah. But, hey, number 10, Blake Griffin. He don't dunk no more, so that's why you so low. If you were still dunking, Blake, you might go a little higher, but you don't dunk no more, so. Number 9, Chi-Town. He's one of the stars Chicago Bulls right now. Two-time dunk champion, Zach Mean Levine. Zach Mean Levine. Come on, man. Zach Levine got hops, yo. Um, he need to dunk more. I'm sorry, I know his legs hurting, but he, he can dunk. He can. He, he's so smooth with it. He should just dunk more, man. I don't like him when he lay up. I just, I'm just disappointed because his style is it's more. It's not. It's more finesse than than the power or anything. I, I'm going with my man Zach Levine for our style. He reminds me of Kobe and Jordan. So number nine, Zach Levine. Number eight, he was left off the 75, man. Left off the 75. Y'all know what I'm talking. about. I'm talking about T-Mac, man. I'm talking about Tracy McGrady. Tracy McGrady is number eight, man. That one over um, Sean Bradley, man. Get, 
Did, did he do it more than one? He did more than one to two different teams, the same guy, I think. I might be wrong, but man, nasty. Tracy McGrady, number eight. Number seven, showing some real nostalgia right here. This is the guy that made me fall in love with basketball. God said, man. Number seven, Julius the Dr. Irving. Ah, oh, Doc, man. Doc, that, the one with Michael Cooper just put him on the list automatically. He could have just had that one dunk <laughs> and been on the list regardless. Because that is class. That was, in the, that was in the finals and everything. He did that one. But Doc, he's, man, he's watching old tapes of Doc, man. He's just, just, just a dunk machine, bro. Like, he was that guy. Number seven, Dr. J. Number six, I got to go LBJ. I got to go LBJ at number six. Y'all probably like, buddy, you're the, the king. The king at six. King at six on my list. I love I love LeBron, though. LeBron, though. I think LeBron, though. I think LeBron, little, like, he a little... He a little heavy footed or something, you know what I'm saying? It don't look that, don't look that smooth. But LeBron will get you though. LeBron will get your ass, man. When he jumped over dude in Chicago, when he dunked on Jason Terry, like, oh man, come on, he made the list, so you can't be mad at me. That went over Garnett. And maybe he fell and threw it to Kyrie, and Kyrie threw it up, and he dunked. Oh, y'all gonna make me rethink this after. <laughs> but no, we could keep it at six. LeBron James number six. Number five. Oh, man. Number five. Rest in peace to the mumba, man. Kobe, Kobe Bean Bryant. Number five. I'm going to say, man, I lived in Chicago Michael Jordan's entire career in Chicago. I moved to L.A. when the Lakers started winning championships with Kobe and Shaq. I got a chance to watch both of these guys play. And I got to say, when Kobe, Kobe then, like, I ain't had to watch sports in there. I was watching the games. And this dude, man, I was, I don't, I'm not a Laker fan at all, but I liked him. Yeah, but I had a chance to watch Kobe. I'm watching this dude, and I'm like, yo, he ain't playing. Like, he, he had, he had a dunk over, um, over Dwight Howard. He had a dunk on Yao Ming. Like, he went up on Yao Ming, huh? Not lack of confidence. He went up on Yao Ming. Yao Ming was like seven, seven foot 13 up in this motherfucker. That motherfucker dunked on Yao Ming. Then he had one. They threw it, I think Rick Fox threw it down on the inbound fair, threw it down, Kobe caught it, behind the back, turn around, boom! I was like, shh, it's hard not to like him. You know, it's hard, if you're a basketball fan, it's hard not to like it. So, yo, number five, Kobe Bryant. Number four, this guy's overlooked everywhere, man. This goes to show how people look on you at your, your worst moments. My man, Sean Kemp. Sean Kemp, when Sean Kemp was in his prime, oh, man, King Linky. He was King Linky. He could never win a dunk contest, but man, come on. Sean Kemp, did that one series, I, I remember watching that series against um, Golden State. And uh, the, the, the Lister Blister, whatever, he dunked on dude with the arms and boom, and then pointed at him. Then he did one on, uh, what's his name, Gatlin. He dunked on him, and then he got dapped for I ain't never seen that shit. <laughs> like, he dapped him up. After somebody dunked on you, and you shake their hand, I thought he was going to punch that dude in the face. Sean Kemp, underrated basketball player. I don't know if he's ever going to make the Hall of Fame. If he's, I, I don't know. I think Gary Payton gets all the praise. So, Sean Kemp was the was a really exciting basketball player and great dunker. And number four on my game dunk, game dunkers list. Number three. I know my boy Plug going to see like, man, I thought we talked about this. How you going to not put him up there? But I got to put him in number three. Number three, Dominique Wilkins. Human highlight film, Dominique Wilkins, I'm an older dude, so I, I I know this. You know what I'm saying? I watch this. 
Dominique used to shoot that shit from the three-point line, and then he, he miss, and he'll come flying over your head and dunk on top of your ass. Dominique dunked on Larry Bird, made his whole body spin. Dominique dunked on Bob Lanier. Bob Lanier is a center for Milwaukee Bucks. He dunked on Bob Lanier so hard. Bob Lanier did not talk to him for 15 years. Dominique Wilkins, Human Highlight Film, number three on my game dunks list. Number two. All-time game dunker. You know he's going to be on this list, right? You knew he's going to be on, right? You know he's going to be on, right? Michael Jordan's on it. Michael Jordan's number two all-time game dunker. Now, I know my friend Mitch probably, man. They, oh, man, nah, Sean Kemp was better and, and Dominique was better. Nah, Michael Jordan was better. I say Michael Jordan, maybe I'm being biased because I'm from Chicago and I've seen more games than you. So uh, they got dunks on the highlights they don't show. I've seen like in person and I've seen in games that you probably never seen before. This dude would dunk and he would psych the audience. It always came at the right time when he had the dunks too. So when Charles Oakley was there too, Mike had so many damn breakaways, you don't even see no highlights of that. So MJ dunks over, dunked over Ewing. He dunked over Matumbo. He dunked on Alonzo Mourning. I it was one game, I think Alonzo Mourning was a rookie and Horace Grant had one, Scotty had like two, and Jordan had like three dunks on Laurent Lamar morning in the same game. It's a, it's a, it's a video out there. Mike dunked on him and he started screaming. One of the greatest game dunkers. And it's one dunk that he dunked over Kareem. I think Kareem was like, yo, burn the footage. He got it because I was watching the game. It was like an 87 and Mike came from the other side and dunked on Kareem. And Kareem's hands are like this. I cannot find that dunk nowhere. But I'll never forget it. It's his airness. Michael Jeffrey Jordan is number two. Oh, before I get to number one, honorable mentions. My man, King Skywalker, Clyde the Glide Drexler, my man, Jason Richardson. Oh, man, I'm sorry. I forgot. And next, Jason Richardson and Scotty Pippen. Hold on, missing one. David Thomas. And some more, like Derrick Rose. And I liked um, my Kevin Johnson dunking the game. Baron Davis is a bunch of people I missed out. But, hey, only had 10 spots. And number one, another Tar Heel. Half man, half amazing. That's right. Vince Saturday, my man, Vince Carter. 22 years in the league. He got to do something. They ain't give him the 75. They ain't give him none of that. But, man, for like about six, seven years, this dude was the most exciting basketball player ever. They brought the dunk contest back because of this dude. I think dunk contest was going for like what? Was it going for like three years or something? They seen Vince do highlights on ESPN. Like, we got to bring this back. He came in. He did not disappoint. He did not disappoint. Ray Allen and Kobe did not want to enter the dunk contest because this dude was in there. And those dudes did dunk. He got that one coming from the baseline. Bam! He got the alley-oop from half court playing Clippers. Bam! The dunk contest one. Come on, man. The, he comes out like, what the? It's been duplicated so many times since he did it. It's like, it's ridiculous. Vince, he definitely took that over. He had all 50s except for one. The greatest dunker ever to me is that guy, Vince Carter. So what you think, people? What you think? Who's your number one, huh? Who's your number one dunker? Let me know at the bottom. Leave a comment. Share it with your friends. Something. Yo, this segment is called I'm a SAG Actor, where I tell stories on how I got on TV and all that stuff. Because people ask me all the time, like, man, you wasn't on TV, you wasn't. Well, let's hear the story. So this is the time you hear the story. Because my intro, when I come out to do stand-up, is like the only comic to be on 
Nickelodeon and Playboy TV. Now, Nickelodeon, they can believe with the Playboy TV. They're like, what are you talking about? How you get on Playboy TV? I'm like, okay. I'll tell you. So, first time I was ever on Playboy TV. Show called Totally Busted. How I got the audition. This is what I tell all actors and performers. Every performance is an opportunity. So, never sleep on opportunity when you come time to perform. I go to an audition for um, this show called Scare Tactics. I wanted this. Shannon Doherty was on it. And um, I go in there and it's improvised. They want us to improv, improvise. Now, um, I was probably like, um, yeah, I started improv in 97. So this year was like mm, 2005, 2000, yeah, 2004, 2005. Agent sent me there to scare tactics. I go in there and I'm in an audition. And the guy, <laughs> the guy is trying to out talk me. And the key to improv is to listen and yes and. Listen and agree. He was out talking me and asking questions, but wouldn't let me answer. So his give and take was terrible. So you got to give good give and take when it comes to that. I did my best to make the scene work. So when I walked out, the guy was like, hey, man, that was great. He said, I saw what he did. So I'll be in touch. Don't worry about it. So I'm like, okay. So I'm waiting for this guy to call me for this show. And don't get it. So when I got the agent, I used to ask him all the time, like, what have you? Like, oh, you got an audition over here. What happened with the last one? Oh, don't worry about that. We're going to do this one. They never would give me feedback. I thought they'd give me feedback or something. That's something I did wrong. So nothing. So I get another call like three months later. Old agent Lenny was like, hey, Ronnie, um, do you have a, you have an audition at, at the Playboy studio? I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, they want you. They, they requested you. I'm like, yeah. Okay. So I go. And I'm in there. I'm, in, I'm waiting for somebody to come in the room. They send me in the room with this camera pointing at me. And I'm like, this shit might be weird. It's just Playboy and shit. So, where the big titty white woman at? No. <laughs> I'm, like, uh, I'm like, okay. So, I'm sitting there. Then this guy comes in. And it's the same guy from the scare taxes. My man, Nick Thomas. Hey, hey, man. Remember me from the thing? Okay, man. We're going to have to just... Um, just ask some stuff out and whatever. He had like three people with him. And he was like bragging on me. Like, this guy's great. Watch him. Watch him. He's great. So they kept throwing little things at me. And I was like countering every time. I was improv with them all the whole thing. He's like, okay, man. We're going to be in touch. He's like, yeah, got it. Don't worry about it. We're going to be giving you a call. So I'm thinking he's going to do like last time when I hit me. Probably like three days later. Um, I get the call from Lenny again. Uh, they want you down to the show. They're ready to shoot. Show's totally busted. I'm like, okay. So totally busted. It was a show called Totally Busted. And it's a hidden camera show. It's like punk. But with nudity, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Punk with naked women. And I get on the show, and I tell you, at that time, still probably to this day, that show and the other show I did with them is probably the greatest job I ever had in my life. Y'all like, hell yeah, you get to see naked women all day. And that was true. <laughs> but the checks were on time. You know what I'm saying? The checks are on point. First Hollywood job, man, I'm like, yo, I am in the money. They ain't like, yo, we on there doing it. And I was the only black person though with the trip. I was the only black prankster on the show. So I felt kind of important and somewhat slighted a little bit. But it was all love with Nick. And Nick was the creator. So I didn't care what everybody else thinks. As long as me and him were cool, we were straight. Two questions I get asked the most about that show when I was doing it. Like, have you ever been to the Playboy Mansion? Like, no. And after watching these documentaries, I kind of don't want to. I'm glad I didn't go. Number two is... Did you have sex with any of the girls? And I'm like, no. Nah. Because right on top of the script in bold letters, like, do not penetrate your partner if it's a sex scene. And I'm doing one, and <laughs> the girl's like, just stick it in. They don't know. But 
Honestly, I couldn't because it was a hidden camera show. And we had these things in our ear, and it was like two white men talking to me the whole time. And I'm like, how are you supposed to get an erection when these two white guys are talking to me like that? Favorite moment on the show. Favorite two moments. Um, it's one that I played. Um, I played a shot jock uh, named Rick Ronch. And we had these guys come in to be the intern, and we brought these porn girls in, and they were like playing little games, like kissing on them and all that. And he was licking their butt and all that. But the girlfriend was in the back, and <laughs> girlfriend was in the back, and you know, so they like, oh, you've been totally busted on Playboy TV. And one of the girls, like, I had like four or five dudes we did it for, and one of the girls left the guy. She, they broke up right then. Cause he was licking booty on TV and like, but you set up the joke, but you wasn't supposed to lick booty on that shit. So that was one of the favorite ones. And another one I played a, um, a rapper about to go to jail. I'm in a studio with my producer and his wife and some guy come in for concert tickets and the producer leaves to get the concert tickets. I called his wife in and me and her had sex in the booth. So the dude sees it. So when he sees it, after we're done, I go out and I say, man, you ain't see shit. You ain't see, he was scared as fuck, and she's in there naked, and um, <laughs> she asked the guy to fan her, her coochie, and she had a purse with only a little baby fan in there, and dude was doing it, but he wasn't looking at it, he was doing it like this. Uh, shout out to Nick Thomas again, because we wound up being friends afterwards, he, write, he wrote the movie on Let's Be Cops, um, I still I need to call Nick, man, because he's a good dude, uh, my man Brandon Gibson's an actor. He's all over the place. Um, Jelena, Jelena Jensen was on the show with me. She's a porn actress. Um, Randy Wright, porn actress. Taste of Hollywood, that was my first first L.A. job like that. So, man, I, I felt like I was somebody. I was there five years, and I got the gig for a series. So, <laughs> I don't think I went out there for that, but I got it. So, uh, totally busted on Playboy TV. All right, last segment of the show, man. I got it. I do this, man, now because I'm just trying to get people, show people love that I, I know, I met, or I'm a fan of. This is not kissing ass, it's not for clout, none of that. It's just showing love, man. So that's what it is. We need to do more of these, bro. Special shout out of this show is um my girl from Milwaukee. That's right, my girl Kelly Kells, man. I ain't seen Kelly in about damn. It's been like nine years since I seen her last time, man. Um. I met her nine years ago. So we were like doing shows together. See, I, I was living in Cali and um, um, I was running my company, Underdogs of Comedy, and I asked my, my partner, Eli, was like, um, we had like contests. And we like, yo, kind of get a rep with the comedians, put a contest up, and let's see who comes out. And we did a few of them, and then we did the last one. He calls me, I'm in California, I'm not here at the time. He was like, he said, hey, I just met this girl, bro. He said, you gonna like her. Well, he's like, dude, she's a killer. She won, man. She came in from Milwaukee and smoked everybody. I'm like, what? Who was this? So I come back for the finals and she comes out and I see, I saw what he was talking about. Like, okay. So I look at her, I'm like, yo. And Kelly's smile, energetic. Her whole aura is like, feel like it's just a good time, man. Like, she's just like, yo, full of energy. You wanna know this girl, man. That's, that was, that's what I saw. So I'm like, okay, I see what you're talking about. Her and her husband's there. Shout out to James, her husband. Do the show, she kills it. Had laugh, I had a laugh at the show. All women we produced, and they came. Hope Flood, um, Just Niece. It was a bunch of bunch of all women on the show. I, I came out and open. They looked at me like, "Who are you?" <laughs> I'm like, "I'm just hosting the show, man. I'm just um, introducing the show." She was. She came late, and I remember her not being happy with that. She was like, "I don't know." She was like, "She wasn't happy." I'm like, "Yo, calm down. It's cool. Don't trip." 
Man, she went up there and destroyed the place. She went up there and destroyed the Laugh Factory that night. And I'm like, yo, this girl is to be working with, man. She is something else. What made me think of her, I was watching um, The Breakfast Club and Ryan Davis, comedian Ryan Davis. I never met Ryan before, funny dude, though. Well, yeah, there's so <laughs> many women. That, man, my girl Kelly Kells and my girl Ty Davis, I'm telling you, you don't want to follow them. A lot of dudes ain't want, like, you see them on the ticket, you be like, hey, can I go before mm -hmm, them? Mm -hmm. I just don't want that kind of pressure on me. Niche, too. And I was like, yup. It reminded me of a time, <laughs> and the date was uh, August 2013. And we did a show. I was headlining it, and she was my opener. She was the feature before me. And, man, I'm looking at this, and she is destroying the place. But if you know me, you seen me perform before. You gotta. My rule is always acknowledge the person that killed. We should have put it on the shelf, dog. <laughs> James again. They had me come out and do a show in Milwaukee, man. I appreciate them. Good people. And she's very talented, beautiful, but she's a good person. They both are good people, man. So follow her, man, if you ain't doing nothing else, man. Show that love, man. Shout out to Kelly Kells, man. Continue success, sweetie. One. And that's the show. That's the show right now. We're done. Catch you next time. Tell a friend. Subscribe to the show. Come on, man. Subscribe, we need the followers. We're begging for followers. Because they say it's money at the end of this shit. We need money. So, subscribe, man. Tell a friend. If you don't like it, tell people you hate. Tell somebody. That's what I'm saying. Tell somebody, man. We just out here speaking the truth, having a good time, man. So, yo, one love. Appreciate you guys. I'm out. <laughs>